This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by BUSR.com. You know, everyone always asks me where they should bet, and now I got a solution for them. BUSR.com slash Paul. You deposit $100, they'll match your $100 in free bets, so you basically get $200. Go check it out. BUSR.com slash Paul. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is the legend, Sean Merriman. Sean, how's it going? I'm doing well, my man. How about you? Good. Appreciate you coming on. What was it just like your recruiting process like and things like that? You know, it's funny. Um, I went to Frederick Douglass High School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, and um, there was no D1 athletes. There was never somebody before me that went to a D1 school. And so it was like, I started kind of catch people's eyes and I got on, I'm rocking my Maryland, my Maryland shirt today. Um, I went to the University of Maryland's uh, high school camp that they have for all the state of Maryland, uh, DC and Virginia athletes, they come for a three day camp. And that's when it kind of, that kind of put me on the map my sophomore year. Um, that's also the you know, same year I got the, the nickname lights out. So um, when that happened, man, I started to get you know, calls and, and people reaching out and showing up at my basketball games, you know, college, you know, college recruiters. Um, and that, you know, that kind of is, is steamrolled after that. Yeah, for sure. Tell uh, You got to tell me, how, how'd you get the nickname Lights Out? So uh, my sophomore year, uh, I knocked out four guys in one game. And uh, after the game, I had about 20 or 25 students come running up and they said, man, you knocked those guys lights out. And I said, um, okay, cool. Yeah. Call me lights out. So I didn't, I didn't, I just said that because it flowed, but I didn't know it was actually going to stick. So Monday, you know, I got in school, got my book bag going, I'm walking to class and everybody's walking by me and like, Hey, good game lights and called me lights. So it kind of stuck with me. And then at the university of Maryland, I got there my freshman year and uh, most of the guys, especially juniors and seniors didn't want to call me lights out. And yeah. uh, I got into, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a freshman. You know, who do you think you are coming here with a nickname, right? And my, my, uh, I got into the game. I wasn't starting, but I got into the game uh, um, against Georgia Tech on ESPN. It was one of our big national games. And a wide receiver come trailing and running a route across the middle. And I hit him, knocked him out. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't asleep, but he got up, stumbled, and left the game. I don't, I don't know if he came back or not, but... I got to the sidelines and all the juniors and seniors kind of pat me on the head and hit me on the back and hey, good hit lights out. And I finally, my defensive coordinator, Gary Blackney, everybody has called me lights out. So it was kind of one of those things that, um, you know, you get a name at Rucker Park, right? Like you got to go up there and earn it. Yeah. And so it was, it was one of those things where it was earned. Yeah, definitely. And then what, what made you stay uh, home and go to University of Maryland? I, I tell people now, um, between the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, uh, there's more talent than just about anybody in the country. So if you go look at Texas or Florida, um, California, Ohio, if you look at those states, all those guys stay home. They stay in their own backyard. The problem is, is that, you know, uh, when, when Maryland wasn't playing so well, guys were looking, Penn State, they'll go to Penn State, they go to Florida State, Florida, Alabama. They was leaving the state because the team wasn't, you know, the school wasn't good at the time. So now that Mike Loxley's back there, that who was my who recruited me to go to Maryland, um, he I think they have the top fifteen or twenty draft classes in the country, and they're going to make some waves this year coming up in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then what was it been like just for you to see like Maryland, just like you were kind of just saying that just like grow now and just like 
all the swag with all the Under Armour, all that. They got a million jerseys. Look, man, I said this. I said some of those uniforms they coming out with, I'm guaranteed two sacks, right? I mean, you, <laughs> if you don't get two sacks in some of those uniforms as a, as a pass rusher, outside linebacker, man, just take it off. Um, you know, they got things like five or six different switch-ups and helmets. They have a new uh, facility that was at the Cole Field House back in the day where the basketball games used to play at. That now is an indoor practice facility. Um, so, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for Mike Loxley. I'm happy for the program because if the, if the guys from the area, from that DC, Maryland, Virginia area, if they stay home, you know, Maryland can compete with anybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and then just like your time at Maryland, like what, what was a, what, what was there like a moment there? Like you knew you could be in the NFL? Um, yeah, my freshman year, man, I, you know, I came in with that attitude and I came in with that attitude for a reason because I had, you know, really good mentors, LaVar Arrington, who, um, you know, played for the Washington Redskins, great linebacker there was my mentor in high school. And then when I got to college, Ray Lewis, his younger brother, Keon Lattimore, back for us at Maryland. So me and Ray got tight. So I would spend a lot of time with them looking at NFL playbooks, um, you know, work out during the off seasons. I would go eat what they eat at. You know, I was just learning kind of a pro lifestyle, man. So I had um, I had this mentality that I was a professional walking in school. And so it just kind of mentally speeded me up, man. I was ready. I was ready to go to the NFL. And that's why I left as, as a junior. Yeah, for sure. And then what about like, how was your, how was your pre-combine and things like that? And then like, where did you, where did you think you were going to go? And then like, did the, your expectations meet? meet? So I signed, um, I ended up signing with, uh, I ended up going with Gary Wishard. Pat, you know, he passed away some years ago, great agent. He had uh, Dwight Freeney, Jason Taylor, Keith Bullock. Um, you know, he had a, what he called us his freaks, um, his freakish players. And when I, when I signed with him, I ended up moving out to LA, to Marina Del Rey. I trained out there for, for three months before the combine. But also at that time, uh, Pac-Man Jones, Darren Sproles, and Travis Johnson had all, we all signed with Gary Wishard. So we were training together during the off season. Uh, and it was also my first time being on the West coast. And I was like, man, if I can get drafted by somewhere in the West, I, I fell in love with like California. Right. So I was like, man, I, I, I wish I could, you know, it was really only two, uh, three teams, right. The Raiders, uh, San Fran, Cisco, and, um, and the Chargers, right. There was, is, is that three teams? Yeah. So that's the three teams in California. Uh, so I was hoping to go to one of those. I was like, man, look, I just want to get back out here to Cali because I went on my visit um, to uh, the Chargers. And they had told me that if I was a slip to the 12th pick, they thought I was going to go somewhere in the top five. But if I was there at the 12th pick, they wouldn't draft me. But also, so did the Cowboys. So the Cowboys had passed me up after I went on a visit with them and they went with DeMarcus Ware. Uh, and then I knew that I was going with the Chargers. Marty Schottenheimer called me the day of the draft. And, you know, the rest was history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you get drafted 12th overall. Um, I didn't know until I was doing my research that that, that was technically a part of the, the Philip Rivers-Eli Manning trade. So what is, what is that like to be a part of it now? Because, like, now we've seen both their careers finish. You know, it was cool because, like, even when I – and I'm from Maryland, so even when I go to New York and there's a lot of Maryland fans in New York and just from the East Coast in general, and I would always get on the street like, man, you should have been with us. type of deal right um and they look they drafted a great quarterback at eli manning um and you know super bowl you know two-time super Bowl, two-time super bowl champ right um and so they they had a great selection uh but also i mean i know we didn't win the ring but you know philip if you look at the numbers did a lot better than eli now he got he got the trophies to prove it we don't 
Uh, so give a credit there. But man, when I used when I go to New York, they're like, man, you should have been with us. You know, I would always get that when I'm in New York. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. Just like how everything like turned out. I mean, obviously you guys are three great players. So I feel like everybody won, like, to be honest. And, uh, and then just like, yeah, like I, like you were definitely like one of the most popular players, like back in the day and the chargers and all that baby blue jerseys and all that. Like, what was, what was just like your overall experience? Like with the chargers? You know what, man, when I got there, uh, I walked in the locker room and it's, you could be intimidated by a lot of stuff, right? Because you're potentially walking in the locker room or, uh, with with four four or five Hall of Famers, right? And LT has already been. Uh, Antonio Gates will be up in a couple of years. Um, who else? You know, you got uh, you know, Philip by the numbers he should go. We, you know, people can complain or go back and forth all they want to, but by the numbers, Philip Rivers should get in there. So you're you're looking at Lorenzo and then also Lorenzo Neal, who I I've been pushing for to uh, for the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. That's the best fullback that played ever played the game. Um, and so he should get in. So you're looking at potentially four Hall of Famers on one team, and I'm 20 years old, just turning 21, walking into the locker room. And so I'm like, damn, I got to now. You got to go out here and uh, you know show your ass because they just drafted you, you know, the 12th pick. So you got to come in and perform right away. Yeah, and then just like, what what was it like to um, just be a part of the Chargers for so long, and just like you know, you know, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of players, you know, stay with the teams that long, especially like nowadays. Let me, let me tell you something, man. We had such a close group of, of, of t- like a team. Um, that's what made us good, right? Well, like the, the players, we ran the team. I mean, it was, you know, we got on each other. If practice was running too long, you'll start hearing LT or one of these guys screaming tea time because they wanted to go play golf. I mean, we, we, we kind of led the charge in what we were doing. Um, and so that's what, what made us, made us great. And, you know, if you go back and look at some of those teams and I'm a, I'm a Madden fan. I love to play Madden with my son. Um, you know, they, they need to put us on one of the greatest teams that, that was ever assembled. Um, you know, I know we didn't get the ring, but look on that roster. Uh, we had 11 pro bowlers in one year, you know, uh, four hall of famers. And so just, just to be a part of that, man, you know, it's crazy. The biggest, I I think the craziest thing is you don't notice that till you, till you retire, right? Like you go back, you look at everything. You're like, God damn, I played on um I played you know with LT and Phil and all this other stuff, man. So you it was it was great times back then. Yeah, definitely. I definitely used to play with the Chargers a lot. And uh yeah, just like even even just like that, like I feel like the Chargers organization is always just like a great team and they just haven't got through the hump yet. Like what do, like what do you think they need to do to get over the hump? Health. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it, that's been our biggest problem. And even back when we played in those AFC championship games, we were all banged up. You know, I had a knee, Gates had a foot, uh, Phillip had a torn ACL that he had surgery on that week just to clean up and play. Uh, Nick Hardwick, I think had a back or something, you know, we, it was all our top guys were injured uh, going into that game. And, and when you get that late in the season, it's, sometimes it just comes down to who, who's the healthiest team. Yeah. And who sure. got all the, who got all their horses there. And, and uh, we didn't have all our guys there. And, uh, that that kind of bit us in the ass a little bit, uh, and even now, I mean, the, a couple of years ago, the chart people were forgetting, you know, charges. I think in 2018 they were 12 and four. Yeah. Uh, right. So, you know, they had an opportunity to go there, and and they got all banged up, and the, the Patriots uh, when they got in the playoffs just start running the ball and, and kind of doing what they wanted to against the Chargers. So it's it's been one of those things where it's been health, and I and I preach that now. You know, they got Justin Herbert. Um, you know, Keenan Island, Mike Williams, Joey Bolson on the other side, Kenneth Murray, Der- Derwin's back. 
um, you know, uh, Drew Tranquil, if he, he's a, be a good part of the team. So they, they got guys, right? And if they stay healthy, they should make a run for it. I know you're named three-time Pro Bowler. What, what was it like the first time you were named a Pro Bowler? I was uh, – <laughs> so um, it was only two rookies, I think. Two, uh, it was a um, – what's the linebacker from uh, Seattle? We, we were the only two rookies down there, I think, that year. And um, it was my first time seeing – like, you know, I played against Peyton Manning. My, friend, my rookie year, I had some sacks and stuff with him, and you obviously watch him on TV. But, you know, it was my first time getting a chance to be around, like, the pool – chilling with him, having drinks and seeing how, you know, his personality, how funny he was, you know, uh, all the guys I competed against Walter Jones. I seen Walter Jones, like on the way to practice and we were on the same bus. And I was like, my God, I played against that dude. Like that dude is humongous. Right. And so you compete against these guys for 60 minutes during Sundays, but um, you get a chance to see the personalities. And that to me was cool. It's my first time ever asking for autograph. I've never asked anybody for autograph. I got, uh, the whole team to, to sign footballs. And I got paid Manny uh, practice Jersey uh, Pro Bowl practice. So it was my first time like being in an environment where dude, I'm, you know, I'm from PG County, Maryland. And, you know, I've got, I brought all my family out there. I, flew, I, I think I flew like 10 people out there the first time. Um, so I, my little cousins and aunts, nope, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that luxury to see that kind of stuff growing up. So it was, it was like a big deal to me that, you know, my cousins and uncles and everybody get a chance to see Hawaii uh, and, and those type of things for the first time. It was like one of your goals, like always to get the most sacks, because I know 2016, you were the sack leader. I, I honestly, man, um, before I was injured and I was probably a little bit cocky about it because I would always kind of say things and I would I just believe in speaking things to uh, into existence, existence, manifesting a lot. Right. <laughs> um, so I would tell I would tell guys like I'm going to the Pro Bowl every year. Like I, I said that my rookie year. And, you know, yeah. I remember big Jamal Williams, our defensive tackle, looked at me like, you know, you cocky little shit, you know, coming <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, but I just, I felt that way and I felt like I, I worked and, um, that if I kept working and kept my head down that I was going to go to the Pro Bowl every single year. And then I got hurt and, you know, after the, my fourth year and I, I couldn't stay on the field after that. Um, and you know, the, the, the crazy thing of it is, is that, you know, you come into an organization that had one of the greatest linebackers of all time in junior Seau. And so you start, I'm, I'll never forget my, my, after my rookie year. Uh, it was an article that came out in the Union Tribune newspaper in, in San Diego where they said uh, they were comparing me to Junior. And I was like, oh, my God, man. Don't, you know, you talk about like you talk about Mr. San Diego, you know, somebody who uh, 11 straight Pro Bowls or 10, 11 straight Pro Bowls, I think it was just just next level. So to get compared to somebody like that early on and then actually in my mind and thought process to actually want to follow in those footsteps and possibly be better. Um, it was something like I, I always constantly, I, I said, and I was very vocal about that. And I, I was vocal about it because I wanted, I wanted to be held accountable for it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, that was, that was definitely a goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that, you know, you just said, you were like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a pro bowler every year. Um, and then, yeah. So then after 2000, yeah, after the 2010 season, you signed with Buffalo. Uh, what, what made you sign with Buffalo? Cause I know like, I always hear like mixed things about it from NFL guys. Oh, dude, let me tell you, I didn't want to go there, <laughs> you know, like, and initially I, I was scratching and screaming and I told the general manager who uh, buddy Nix, who actually drafted me with the charges is a big part of me going there. 
Um, he was a GM of the Bills. And I remember the call and I said, I said, buddy, I love you to death. I ain't coming. Right. That was my exact words. I said, I love you to death, but I ain't coming. He said, Sean, look, you know, um, we want you out here and, uh, you know, we, we, we know what you can do and help the organization and, you know, be a leader. And all. I said, buddy, I hear you. I hear you, but I'm still not coming. So do whatever y'all got to do. And I hung up the phone. He called me back like 20 or 30 minutes later. And I said, uh, I said, hello. I said, buddy, I told you I'm not coming. He said, um, well, we just put in your contract. So uh, guess we'll be seeing you here. I said, I don't, I don't care. Do whatever you want. I'm not coming. You got to put in my contract all you want, right? So he did tell me, he said, you know, well, every day you don't show up, it's like ten dollars or $15,000 a day. I said, okay, when you guys send in the plane, <laughs> right? When you guys send in the jet? So they uh, ended up sending me the plane out there. But it honestly was uh, the best experience I ever had in my life at that point because I never seen any a fan base like this. And like we had good fans with, with the Chargers. The Chargers fans were great. But it, they were also great because we won a lot of games. Like we, it's, it's not hard to come and see. You know, you got mm-hmm. kicking everybody's ass. We fourteen and two seasons, thirteen and three. I mean, we we had a great team. Yeah. Um, but in Buffalo, it's just like they love you regardless of whatever happens. They yeah. the love there that you get in Buffalo is just unmatched. Um, and then I I found myself not only loving to be in Buffalo, but also recruiting other people to Buffalo. Mario Williams, Nick Barnett, Kurt Morrison. I got all those guys there, um, and. It was like one of these things where that was just, you know, some, some place that I got really attached to. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure like everyone sees, you know, the Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Bills fans just like go viral every year, pretty much for something crazy. <laughs> um, and then just tell me about like after your career, I know you're doing a lot of uh, entrepreneurial things and you opened up uh, your own MMA league. Uh, how, or, yeah. How, how was that? How did that, how did that all come about? First of all. Well, you know, first and foremost, um, I've been around the sport for 16 years. I actually uh, started training just a little bit during, between my 2005 and 2006 offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine, Jay Glazer over at uh, Fox Sports, he said, um, hey, I think you should come and learn some MMA. Now, mind you, I got boxers in my family. I, I got, you know, three professional boxers in my family. So I grew up around boxing. But MMA was just getting hot like around the mid-2000s. So I went to go train. First day I walked in there, Jay Glazer on the right. Randy Couture's on the left. And I'm looking like, holy shit, I'm not sparring Randy Couture. I'm not fighting Randy Couture. Like, yeah. But I said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to teach you some things. So I started to work it um, every all season after that. And, you know, I got the pleasure of being around some of the greats, Cheetah Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and all these guys who I've spent some, you know, years around um, where I got a chance to train and work and get, you know, just little things that ultimately end up helping me in football. So fast forward now to, uh, you know, my MMA company, Lights Out Extreme Fighting, where um, uh, we got a big fight at the Commerce Casino coming up uh, August 7th. We also just announced a big partnership with Fubo TV, uh, Fubo Sports. Um, so now that we'll be streaming all over the country, I think Canada, Spain, with simulcasting in Spanish. Um, and it was something that I knew that was happening over the last, like, probably month. And so when you know something big is coming and you can't talk about it yet, I'm like, God damn, it's killing me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great partnership for us. Um, they're great over there to work with and they're up and coming, you know, streaming sports streaming service, got a bunch of good programming on there. We have more announcements coming, including, uh, some former athletes from other sports transitioning into lights out. All right. Yeah. Speaking of that. So I know you just said you had boxers in your family. So would you ever do a celebrity like boxing match? You know, you've seen all, if I, if I ever was going to fight man, to be honest, it's going to be in lights out. If I, if I ever was, um, honestly, I, I wish. Uh, like I'm, I'm going to spar today uh, at 3:30. Yeah. 
Um, and I just like to work. I like to stay in shape and have some kind of competitive. I, I try to tell any, any former athlete, I don't care what sport you play, pick up some form of combat sports, yeah. boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, so, something. Right. Yeah. Um, and just pick it up because we, we all are kind of missing something when we get done that competitive side to kind of get us going back and everything else. Yeah. What, what would you, what would you pick MMA or boxing? Oh, MMA. I would do MMA before anything else. <laughs> I want to take somebody to the ground, man. I ain't got time to look cute, you know? All right, so would you... All right, so Logan Paul uh, says he wants to do MMA. Would you fight him in an MMA? Yeah, we'll fight, yeah absolutely. I'll fight Logan. <laughs> For sure, 100%. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude, but you're bigger. Yeah, but I, I would... I would For that, I would drop... I would drop weight if if I had to... If Logan was down to fight, I, I mean, would... I mean, that would be pretty cool. You got your own promotion. You, Logan Paul, obviously, he's he wants to do it, so that would be pretty dope. Um, and then, and then we're on a podcast, obviously right now, tell me about your podcast and then why'd you start a podcast? Yeah. Uh, lights out extreme, uh, podcast. You can get it anywhere, Apple, and you can download anywhere you can get podcasts from. And I really started it, man, because I was doing these radio shows and like, you're on, you're on and off in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, um, you ask, you get asked about four or five questions and you're done. And with me, I have so many different stories. I have so many different backgrounds and networks of people. So we talk football, we talk NASCAR, we talk college sports, uh, obviously MMA. And so for me, it's just been really cool to do because you know they're 25, around 25 or 30 minutes long. And it's more of a conversation, yeah. right? And I think that when you're talking to another athlete and you, know, you feel comfortable enough to have uh, like-minded conversations is that what, what people really enjoy about it. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of NASCAR, I saw that uh, back in 2017, you did like a partnership with them, which uh, I didn't even know about. And then I, I'm sure you saw like, you know, Chad Johnson and um, Brandon Marshall did like a partnership with them to get do the podcast thing. So I guess you were before you were you're ahead of this curve. I'm always ahead of the curve man, <laughs> and everybody else, you know, get credit for it after. Uh, no, I had um, a team on a Canon series. Uh, with Jesse Awuji, who's one of two black drivers in NASCAR. And I thought that uh, it was some important for me to, to get behind, right? Because they, it was a big diversity issue some years ago and there needed to be more, um, you know, Hispanics, Asian, blacks, other, um, you know, minorities in the sport. And I wanted to get behind that. Uh, and NASCAR actually did a great job. I was, I was, you know, not really surprised, but kind of caught off guard in how much they were trying to support that initiative. So it was really cool for me to work with. Yeah, definitely. I think you might have to re-reach re back out to them and do something else. I will. One, one day when I get ready, you know, I, I saw Jordan get back in. I'm like, okay, yeah, Jordan's going to get all the credit because he's, you know, he's yeah. a GOAT. It's MJ. Yeah. Um, and he, he's, he's a little bit more funded than I am to go and do the sport. But um, yeah. it, it's, it's honestly, man, it's one of, it's one of my um, passions to be around. And yeah. when I'm less busy, I try to get out to at least four or five tracks a year. Yeah, that's dope. I don't think people realize how much it actually costs to, like, run a car per week. <laughs> I mean, just just on our on our series alone, it was you know twenty five plus yeah. a, a race. So you know you get you get up to the Cup series, and you're talking about a half a million and you know half a million dollars of the race. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, what what advice would you give to like a younger kid? You know, trying to get like a, a D one scholarship or trying to go to college or like trying to make the pros. Take care of what you need to do today. It's you know a lot of this social media and all this other stuff. People are more concentrated on. Uh, where they trying to get to instead of taking care of what you need to do today, the workout, school, all those things. If you do everything right, you'll get there. But to try to skip the process because people are telling you, you're going to be great. You're going to go to D1. You're going to play the professional. You know, you're going to play pro ball one day. 
well, let all the other people think that and talk about that, but you have to do what you need to do today so you can get there. Handle your responsibilities. Don't look too far ahead. Win every single day. And you'll eventually get to where you want to go. Yeah, definitely. Then one last serious question. What is your, what's your take on the new NIL rules? With college? Yeah. Um, as far as the uh, paying college athletes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it should have been happened. You know, it's one of these things where, you know, look, I, I get it. Um, guys are getting scholarships and things like that, but there's an awful lot of money being made uh, yeah. from these college athletes. And look, the, the least you can do is let them make money off of their own name. It's their name. It was given. They earned it. Um, and it, at least they're able to do that. I'm sure there'll be some restrictions and some things they got to cut back on and watch and stuff like that, because, you know, you can get a lot of these sleazy people or sleazy agents mm-hmm. running around the campus trying to, you know, getting, getting guys face or some kind of sleazy businessman is offering a deal. So the college guys got to still be protected, but to not make money off your own name, a name that you built is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's going to be dope for those kids that are just like, they're they're elite at their colleges but don't necessarily make it to the pros like they're gonna like cash out and they're like you know the the heroes of that a hundred percent no doubt are you ready for some fun questions let's do it all right what's your what's your favorite song right now um favorite song i I love uh uh straightening me uh migos (laughs) yeah that's straightening is my favorite song right now i like that uh who who's like uh like who's on your wish list to to interview on your podcast? I want to get the rock one day. Yeah, that'd be dope. I want to I want to get the rock. I mean, I, I know him. You know, we've we've hung around each other several times, but um, to really, I, I actually want to talk to him more about the transition, right? Because nobody did it bigger than him from where he was going with WWE and now to movies and businessman production. Um, but I think it'd be very informal for a lot of guys trying to look for that second act after they're done with their first or transition out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you like to do in your free time? I work, man. Um, I have a uh, insurance agency, uh, also a life insurance agency, lightsoutagency.com. If people want to go to that on brand, um, always, always. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just helping fam, protecting families, also helping people make six figure uh, incomes. So uh, it's been cool to me because it was something I, I got into over the pandemic. What I was just kind of doing, we all had a lot of time of our hands. I got my insurance license. Um, but, you know, I have a team of a little under 100 agents and we're growing uh, like crazy. And then, you know, we're, we're help we're protecting families, man. This, you know, this COVID thing has brought a lot of things to surface. So, again, man, if you want to join my agency, if you want to get more information, go to lightsoutagency.com. For sure. All right. So I got to ask you, do you have anything else going on? You got a lot going on. <laughs> that, that's it, man. Just just lights out extreme fighting um, August 7th in uh, the Fubo TV deal, man. We. Uh, I think that partnership is going to be major. And, and this is why obviously we'll be showing the fights live, but we have some more content, some shows that I have in the works right now about these athletes, these former athletes transitioning into combat sports, into lights out extreme fighting. This is like next level. This is a big deal. Yeah. Do you know how many like fights are on the card yet? Yeah. So this uh, fight uh, coming up, we have 12 fights. Um, wow. We start streaming live at 6 30 PM uh, Pacific. So if you don't have Fubo TV, man, make sure you get it. Um, it's it's going to be next level. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, can you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Yep, just follow me at Sean Merriman on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and also follow Lights Out XF on uh, Instagram and um, and Twitter.
This episode has been brought to you by BUSR.com. Go check it out to get your free $100 bet when you deposit $100 at BUSR.com slash Paul. 